Well, listen, take your Bible and turn to the book of John. Uh, We're talking about soul spotlight. I was going to try to get one of the magnifying glasses out of the science lab. And if you've ever called us, we we put it on Facebook, uh, that we were all the uh, upper school students laying in the grass when it was dry with trying to get the sun. We called it solar science. That's just all the crazy things we did as a kid. I could find a technical name for it today and teach it to the students under the name of uh, education. But we just used to set things on fire like that. We would actually take magnifying glasses. And who's ever done that where you penetrate the, the light? Well, that's what we're doing this morning with this sermon. We're actually penetrating that light of God's word. And we ask the question, how is it applicable to me? Because when you read the Bible, you should say, I don't understand that, or amen, or oh me. That's how you read the Bible many times. And so as we talk about the foundations of Town Creek Baptist Church and our ministries, all the ministries from the academy to the preschool, to Sunday school, to Catalyst, to uh, you name the ministries. Uh, we, we name Men's Prayer Breakfast. that's coming up in a couple Saturdays. By the way, if you're not a member, you're, uh, men, you bring your sons. You're welcome to be a part of that. That's something we're just going to get together and pray for our church, for our families, and for the community. And, and we're going to eat good food on top of that. So Baptists always eat when we get together, So especially the men. Well, you're invited to that. But I want to take today's God's Word and say, how can we make application? Because this is a very hard passage of Scripture. I'm going to read it quickly because there's Scripture that goes with Scripture. If you're taking notes, I made them all ours today. So it made it easy for you to fill in the blanks, but as we go. But let's read the Scripture. John chapter 12, we're picking up where we left last week. We know Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead as we preach through the book of John. And now we've seen that the Pharisees and those in leadership want to kill Jesus, and they want to kill Lazarus. They want to put Lazarus back to dead, right? They want to put him back in the tomb. And then now we see that people are coming. The Passover is happening. John ties the whole book of John. If you read the book of John, it ties everything around the festivals of the Jews. All the celebrations, they keep coming back. John references the the celebrations. He'll reference it. There's at least three where every Jewish man 20 years and older must come back to Jerusalem to, to celebrate. God gave that command way back in Deuteronomy and Exodus. So now you see this multitude of people, some probably 2 million people coming back to Jerusalem. Imagine the streets are crowded. It's packed out. There's people everywhere. And they've heard about Jesus. Uh, the rumors have passed on. The stories of his miracles, every time someone comes into town and goes out of town, they take the stories with them. So it's growing. And Rome has heard. And I want you to see this as we pick up in today's passage, um, uh, verse 20. If you haven't been with us before, Go back and read before this and after this. It will, it will uh, help you immensely in your life. Jesus, here we go, verse 20. Now there were certain Greeks or Gentiles, your Bible might say, among those who came up to worship at the feast. What feast are we at right now? Do we know? This is Passover. They're coming up. All the men have come up. It's packed. The city's packed. So they've come in for the feast. Then they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Hey, sir, we would wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew, and Andrew and and Philip told Jesus. But Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, he, my father, will honor. Verse 27, Jesus transitions. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say, Father? Save me from this hour. But for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it 
and will glorify it again. Therefore the people who stood by and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, An angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And I, if, or the real better word would be there, since I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. This he said, signifying by what death he would die. And the people answered him, We have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. And how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Then Jesus said to them, A little while longer the light is with you. While you have the light, lest darkness overtake you, he who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. These things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. We'll continue if we have opportunity. I want you to see something today as we pray, asking God to bless this word to us, going, Lord, what does all this mean? Hate this life, love, the, uh, love your life, hate your life. It's confusing if you just read it from just the text and without understanding. So let's pray for understanding today as we uh, further in the text. Father God, we thank you that you give us opportunity to read your word. Father, thank you that we can take difficult texts like this. And uh, Lord, we're not there. We were not in the crowd, but John was. And he, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he writes down the things that you want us, even today, to understand. Help us, Lord, as we proceed today, that we would glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go to your notes. I want you to see this. The crowds have amassed around Jesus. People are trying to get to him. People want to touch him. Remember, Jesus has fed the 4,000. Jesus has fed the 5,000. People's heard of the miracles. He's raised people from the dead. Now, he's healed the blind. He's healed the deaf. Everyone's hearing about the miracles or the miracle man, Jesus. And they want to get around and see a free show. Remember, they've tried to make him king already, and he, he escaped from them. They wanted to make him king of kings because they wanted him to oppose Rome. And who doesn't want a free meal every day, right? Every time you want a chance to eat, just go see Jesus, and he turns a few little stones or a few little pieces of bread to many, many bread, much bread. So I want you to see this. The rulers plan to kill Jesus because so many praised him as king. We celebrated Easter, the triumphal entry, when Jesus came in to Jerusalem. People actually took their cloaks off, and they laid them down on the way, and they took palm branches and broke them, and they waved them and said, Hail Jesus, Hosanna. It means save now. That's what Hosanna means. Save now, king of Israel. They called him there king. What's the other way of saying Messiah to you? We hear the word Messiah, and that doesn't mean a whole lot to us if we're not familiar with the Bible. But the word Messiah to a Jewish person at this time was equivalent to the word king. So when they actually crucified him, that's why Pilate put Jesus, the king of the Jews. He could not help himself but to put that on there because I believe God motivated him to do that because Jesus was and is the king of the Jews. Amen? So when Jesus comes to town, they're praising him. They're putting down their garments. They're, they're acknowledging him, and they tell him, tell these people to be quiet. And you remember when we read, Jesus said, if these people were quiet, even the stones would cry out. And some people say, well, you believe the rocks would actually sing? With all my heart I do, right? Uh, I believe that God would actually, because he's the creator of all things, and the Bible says creation praises him. And I've told you this before, if you're a guest with us, listen, everything in all of creation is still obeying Jesus, their creator, except for human beings, you and me. We're the only thing of his creation, the top of his creation, made in his image, we're the only thing in all of creation disobeying Christ today uh, because we sinned against him. That's why Easter, how many of y'all celebrate Easter this year? Anybody celebrate? 
That's why we celebrate Easter, because we celebrate He did come. He was virgin born. We celebrate Christmas, we, right? Every time we preach, we've got to go back to Christmas and Easter that we talk about, because He did come as He said He was going to come. We sing Emmanuel, the song Emmanuel. Sometimes we lose that in translation. Emmanuel means what? God with us. We believe that God came to earth to dwell among us. But we also said we know that his name was called Jesus because he shall save his people from their sins. We celebrated Easter because he died on the cross, he was buried, and we believe, according to the scripture, that he was raised again by God the third day, according to the scriptures. Amen? That's the truth from the word of God. You say, well, I'm not sure I believe that. Well, that's on you. And, that's between you and the Lord, right? You have to deal with that. But I'm telling you, your destination is a whole lot hotter than the place I'm going. There's heaven and there's hell. You will trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and be with Him forever, or you will reject Jesus Christ and be forever separated from Him. There's no other way. There is no purgatory. There is no in-between. There is heaven and hell for destinations for all mankind. Let's go and look at the Word of God. Watch this. Go back to actually verse, verse 20. What does he say? Now there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. Why did they come? These are Gentiles. These are not Jews. Why did they come? They were potentially converted Jews or, or converted Gentiles to Judaism. They had came and they were outsiders coming on the inside. But the main thing they wanted to see when they came, they were there for worship, but they wanted to see this man called Jesus. Many people just want to see Jesus. Did you all know that? They want to see the performances. They want to see the outside coding. They don't want to get in the inside. Uh, if we get too much on the inside, what we have to do is actually do something. How many people want to do something today? In church, we ask, uh, take the place ministries, get yourself connected into the church, become a member of the church, and I hope that you're a member if you're a guest with us today. I know you come from the school. Get connected in your local church because your church actually is the place where you're to serve the Holy God. You must be connected in order to actually be uh, fulfilling what he's called us to do. He's given every Christian, every born-again Christian, at least one spiritual gift. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, you can read those at home or after lunch today. Read those. Every one of us that, that name the name of Christ, that say that we've received Christ, have been given at least one spiritual gift. It's not for you to keep. It's for you to actually come to a local church and to use, to join that church, to be a part of that church, and express the Holy Spirit through that gift in your local church. That's the purpose of your salvation. That's the purpose of your gift. It's not just so you can keep it to yourself. How many people today say, well, Pastor, I just don't know my place. How many people have I talked with? I would serve, but. And, and we fill in the blank of all the excuses. I'm too busy. I don't know enough. I've only been a Christian for a short time. You get your gift immediately when you receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So you get all of the Holy Spirit. You get all of your spiritual gift at that moment. And some people get a mix of gifts. My wife, you could say, what is her spiritual gift? Uh, mercy and hospitality. She's married to me. She has to have the gift of mercy, right? I'm limited in mercy. I'm learning every week by week, day by day, year by year. I try to grow. God, help me grow in mercy because if you've spoken with me, I'm, I'm pretty simple. Everything's black and white, right? If the rule says so, that's so, right? And then uh, sometimes grace, pastor, apply grace. Well, I try uh, every chance I get. But God's word is very clear. Jesus came. He came to save sinners. That We know that from what his name is back in Matthew chapter 1. And now these people have come, hey, we want to see Jesus. They did not want to see Jesus. You'll see, they did not want to see Jesus to believe in him, to put their faith in him. 
they just wanted to see him as a token of the religious, kind of like the fairs come to town, and we just like to see him. We'd like to see him raise somebody else from the dead. Let's, let's see another trick. Let's see another miracle. Now, they knew these miracles were from God, but they really didn't want to get close to Jesus because if you got close to Jesus, what does a Jewish person or even a Gentile convert have to do? If Jesus comes and says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. If Jesus is declaring that he is God on earth, what do you have to do? You have to leave the old way and actually hear that he's going to die on the cross. The Old Testament in your Bible or the Old Covenant, you have to leave the Old Covenant and enter into the new thing, the mystery that God is now doing. It took a lot of faith. I can't just throw these people under the bus and say, well, they should have just learned from, from history and they should learn from Jesus. They had God speaking to them directly. But you know what I will tell you today, and I'm not the best preacher in town, but even if Jesus Christ was speaking to you today, and some of those people that are watching by social media, if Jesus himself was speaking to you, you would reject him and refuse him, his words. Because these people did. Watch, I'll show you. Let's get into it. Let me get into the notes, back to the notes. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. This miracle and many more excited the crowds and infuriated the leaders. They knew that, this was, that Jesus was from God. How do we know? Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews in John chapter 3, go read it for yourself. He said, we know, he was speaking on behalf of the Pharisees, we know that you're from God from all the miracles. It's called attesting miracles. If you say, I did a miracle, right? Have y'all seen people today, televangelists, people come up and they scream and stick their fingers in people's ears and they shove them back or they wave their coats and they fall on the floor and they say, I can hear, I can hear. How many of those people have been staged to actually come in and fake it? Now, I believe in miraculous healings, I do, but I don't believe in one man coming to town and sticking his fingers in people's ears or spitting and making mud today. There was a man, there's a man in town that I know him and he knows me, and he said, uh, he met me somewhere and he told me what his, he said, I pray on a deeper level than you do, Pastor. And I, I'm, I'm at a deeper level and God's used me in a deeper way. I have the miraculous touch of healing. I said, okay. There's only one way to find out, right? I said, let's go to Aiken Hospital to the fifth floor. I've been there, right, when I had the blood disease from Nicaragua. Remember that? If you were church members, I was almost dead there. And I know people were in bad shape on the fifth floor. I said, we don't want to actually want doctors and nurses to lose their jobs, so let's at least leave the first through fourth floor sick, and we'll go to the fifth floor and go room by room, and I want you to pray and touch every person in there and heal them. If you can heal those people, Town Creek Baptist Church will back your ministry 100%. We'll, we'll make extra offerings. We'll do something to back your ministry. And he goes, whoa, 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 that's, that's not how it works. I said, well, how does it work? If you've got the gift of prayer and the gift of ministry, if you pray at a deeper level, if you have to just can touch people in the name of Jesus and they're healed, then why does it not work that way? Oh, it's, it's, it's prayer. Faith. And I said, okay, well, then you don't have enough faith. What are you saying? Because what happens is if you get some of the charlatans that are actually hustling people for money, they'll tell you after they pray for you and you're not healed, they'll tell you it's your fault that your, your faith is not great enough. We talked about this Wednesday night and teach us how to pray. Go back and read James chapter 5. It is the prayer of the elders. It's the prayer, it's the faith of the person that's sick going to the elders, but it's the prayer of faith of the elders that bring about, obviously the Holy Spirit brings the healing, but it's the faith issue of us coming together, cleansing ourselves before God with clean hands and a pure heart, saying, Lord, we can't do this thing unless you do a miracle. And we've seen God miraculously heal people in this very church. My wife was healed of cancer. In this very church, we, I know it to be true. Her doctor knows it to be true. We know people that were healed of brain tumors in this church. We've seen it. We've seen the the, the actual um, whatever the MRI before and the MRI afterwards. Uh, God has done miraculous things in this very church. 
but not just walking around touching people in the name of themselves. And hey, by the way, come to this place, bring your offering because we're going to have to help the evangelist buy his airplane or whatever it might be. Listen, that's what these men were. These men were very rich people. They were very influential people, and they did not want to lose their place or position because Jesus has come to town, and he's asked for nothing. All he does is give away, give away, give away, give away. He asked for nothing except that you would believe in him for eternal life. He was even trying to give you something, give them something, if they simply would put their faith and trust in him. He was trying to tell them that he was God. Well, look, verse 20, 22, people rallied to see Jesus. They wanted to meet him and be near him. They wanted a free miracle or a feel-good show. Verse 23, Jesus reported his, he said his time. He reported his time. He declared, the hour has come. My brothers, my sisters, listen. Remember the old watches we used to wear? Now everybody has a smart watch. Kids can't tell time. We, we had to teach middle school and high school this year how to tell time on the clock. Big hand is the hour hand. Shorthand is the minute hand. We, people don't know how to tell time when they look at a regular clock anymore. And the, the second hand just blows their mind. But as you watch the second hand, what do you see? Time is just a passing, right? Shorthand's hour clock. Long hand's minute. Thank you very much. Y'all, y'all can correct me. I'm open for that. It's hard to preach and think at the same time. But we look and see, actually, what time is it? Now we talk about our birth dates. We know when we were born, most of us, right? When's your birthday? Say it out together right now. Say it. Just say it. August 9th. All right? And we know what year we were born, most of us know. And then here's the deal. Tell me the day you're going to die. You don't know. But there is one who created you who does know. And at this time, Jesus knew his hour had come. He said, the hour has come. My hour has come. Why? Because he knew he was going to the cross. All of this buildup, all of this pressure, all of this Passover, he had to come and be the, the Bible calls him the Passover lamb. Everybody's bringing their animals to kill, right, to cover sins, because the blood of animals covered sins, but the blood of Jesus Christ took away sins. That's the difference. That's the new covenant that we're under that we preach, and he was trying to teach these people about. Verse uh, 23, 25 through 26, Jesus required real faith from his followers. What did he ask of them? He's very clear. There's no secondary plan to serving God. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servants will be also. If anyone serves me, him my Father will honor. Jesus was very clear. There's no backup plan. It's not just actually something that you do. It's not just good works. It's put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, in Him alone. You say, well, I feel like I need to do something. Well, take your feelings and put them on the shelf and go into the facts of the Word of God. Jesus said, put your faith in me, in Him. And that's what He told the people of His day. Because the hour had come, He required real faith from His followers. Verse 27, Jesus revealed His purpose to the people. Jesus glorified God. He said, this is, what, this is my purpose for coming. Look what he says. He even tells us that because so many people say, I just don't know what my purpose is in life. Did Jesus know his purpose? Look at verse 27. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I have came into this hour, to this hour, to this world. What did he come for? He come to save sinners from their sin. He come to die on a cross, be buried in a borrowed tomb, and to be raised again the third day according to the scripture. That's what the Bible says. Jesus knew what his purpose. Jesus knew that the time was now. He revealed this purpose to, his, to these people. Now, 
What is our purpose? So many people are trying to find purpose in this life. People are wondering like windshield wipers, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I thought I was supposed to do this, right? We're graduating. We're, do we go to college? Uh, when we graduate college, now so many people went to college, and guess what they want us to do? Pay for their student loans, right? Just forgive them all. I, I had fun. I partied through school. I did all my work. Now, would you guys mind paying for my education? Can I tell you, as nice as I can, get over yourself and pay your own bills? Amen? I'm not for debt forgiveness. You knew what you were doing when you got into that mess, right? We did it three times, right? We had three, three, three children. We got grandkids coming. Guess what we're going to do? I'm sure we're going to be helping them as well. We will take on our own responsibilities, and you take on your own responsibilities. Everybody wants everything for free. Everybody wants a good show, a good food, and give it to me for free, right? In America especially is palms up, right? Constantly palms up. No matter if you have one, you want one better. No matter if you have that, you want another, right? And we keep saying, well, that's only the right social thing to do. We talk about our children. Some of us are guilty in here. Listen, we did a, a, a quick math and figured that in our high school, middle school, high school Bible class, parents at Town Creek Christian Academy are spending $52,000 a year on cell phones. $52,000. For these children, because they're CEOs. We have a lot of CEOs in our school. I don't know if y'all know that. They're busy. They've got to check their, their stocks and bonds, and, and they need to check out, make appointments for the uh, weekend, things like that, right? Does any... I was going to say doggone, but I don't say doggone because that's from where I'm from. Does any middle school or high school need a phone? Anybody? Well, Pastor, I need a 360 app. Some, some of y'all are even tagging kids with these new Apple tags. They're tracing people around. It's the most foolish thing on the planet. When the mark of the beast comes, people are not going to resist it. They're going to stand in line like this. Give it to me. You're going to want it because it's the next latest technological advance. It's too late, by the way. I'm not getting it. I can't get it because I'll be gone. And if you're a Christian, you can't get it. You won't want it because you'll be gone. Church, listen, our priorities are out of whack. We want the best, newest thing, right? When I joked a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago and said I had the new iPhone 14, several people come to me, where'd you get that one? I don't even know what number's out, but I just made that number up. There's no 14 that I know of, right? I just made it up. Look what Jesus did. Listen, people are looking for purpose. People are looking for clarity. What in my life will make me happy? What will make my time right here, right now better? Jesus comes and tells us his purpose, but he also tells us our purpose. If you look, the people here, he told them, and some of them got it, some of them missed it. Jesus glorified God, and watch what God does. God turns back around, and you never, hardly ever hear God the Father speaking from heaven. But here's a case where it's recorded in Scripture. God the Father responded, and he even glorified himself, but also the name of Jesus, because Jesus is God the Son. God the Father responded and glorified God the Son. Well, I want you to see in verses 31 through 33, Jesus renounced Satan and ousted him from authority. He's the prince of this world. Let me share this with you and get this straight in your theology. The devil has never been to hell. He does not want to go to hell, and he knows his days are numbered. Revelation 12, 2 says, he knows his time and his time is short. What would you do if you were going to cause havoc and mayhem to the worst enemy he has which is us because he can't touch Christ we are the chief of his creation what would you do to his chief creation if you hated him so badly what would you try to do 
destroy them at every level, destroy them with all the tendencies of today, destroy them with drugs, destroy them uh, with rumors, destroy them with backbiting, destroy them with anger, destroy them with every temptation that we know is out there. And I know there's some children still here, so we won't be very clear. Destroy them and say you can be confused, and, and boys are called girls, and girls are called boys, and just destroy everything about what they know is right from the Word of God. And he's doing it today right in front of us. And we go, well, that's just how the world is. It's a bad place today. It's a bad place today. We got husbands leaving their wives today just because I'm tired of being married. Anybody tired of being married some days? I've been married 33 years, right? Some days it gets tiring, doesn't it? Anybody? You want to be truthful? Go ahead and raise your hand. I'll do marriage counseling later this week. It gets tiring when the kids bother you. They drive you crazy, especially if you have children. It's tiring being a parent. It's tired being single. It's tired being name. Whatever your status in life is, it's tiring sometimes, right? If you play sports, you're tired. If you work, you're tired. But what happens is, the Bible says, do not grow weary in well-doing. And the well-doing is putting God first. Jesus Christ first. Me, way back, we talked about with the children. J-O-I, Jesus first, others second, and then yourself third. Try that and we'll fix most of your problems. That should be in a good place for an amen. Is that my mother saying amen? Amen. Jesus first, other second, and yourself third. Those of you that got into a marriage contract, listen, you said for better or for worse. Get through the worse. Amen? And those of you that, are, that have been divorced, listen, there's no shame in that game. We come back and say, listen, how does God want to use me now today to go forward? Don't pour pitiful me. Stop it. Just stop it. Is that good counsel? Just Stop. Pastor, I feel like, stop. If your feelings don't match the facts, stop it. Stop. Look what God, Jesus, the people are coming, they're going to do the same thing. They're going to say, well, we heard. Could you imagine telling God, your, your parents, your kids ever do that to you? Especially they do it with the grandparents. Hey, mom said don't do that, didn't she? I heard your mom say that. Well, she said I could if you said I could. Right? Your children ever play y'all like that? Mom, can I go? No. Dad, can I go? Children do it here at school as well. Pastor, did you really say, Mr. Derek, can I? Miss Sons, can I? And, and they play the games both ends against the middle. Watch what these people, they do the very same thing. Jesus had already renounced Satan. He says, listen, when I am lifted up, Satan, the death, hell is destroyed. There's no power. Verse 34, the people rejected Jesus' words. They relied on what they had previously heard. Look at verse 34. Watch what they said. The people answered him, we have heard from the law that Christ remains forever. And how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? He's standing there in front of them, speaking to them, and they don't know who he is. Read Psalm 22. If you want to go back and read, go back and look at Psalm 22. They had this psalm hundreds of years before Jesus came on the scene. Go back and read Isaiah 53. They had a suffering servant, as we call that passage of Scripture. It's identical to the words that Jesus said, and it was written some five to 700 years before Jesus came on the planet. Psalm 22 was around 600 years before Jesus came on the planet. They had almost the exact verbiage that Jesus said on the cross in a text before them in the Old Testament, yet they relied on what Grandma said, what Grandpa said, what Rabbi so-and-so said. They relied on oral tradition Versus what the actual scripture said. Is that a word of wisdom to you and me today? Check what everything I say, right? Even hours and minute hand, right? 
Check what we say in the Scripture. Does the Scripture say that? Be like the Bereans. They search the Scriptures daily. Problem is, we'll just take a little bit from here and a little bit from here, and we just make our own concoction and say, well, my God, right? How many people always tell me about their God? And I like to say the God of the Bible says he is my God, right? He is my Savior. But the God of the Bible is the one who's bulletproof. His words last forever. Jesus reassured the people he was the Christ, the light of the world. He promised that they could become children of the light if they would only believe by faith. That's in verses 35 through 36. 37 through 43 is where we find most of the people in America today. People of Jewish time at this time, two million people. There's Gentiles, people from Europe, uh, people from the African continent. There's people from all over have come back to Jerusalem. We find them in the very same place that we find people in Europe today, people in America today, people in the African continent today, people all over the world today. We find them in the very same place. Where do we find those people? Not believing God. They want they want away. Is that me? Matt Jones, Matt Jones, is, he, he's pushing me back there. Here, switch to this. Batteries off of it. Jesus reassured the people he was the light. And then, what did he say in Matthew chapter 5? Put 13 through 16 in your notes. And when you get home and read this, Jesus said, you are the light of the world, right? Let your light so shine before men, they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That's a responsibility that we have today. We must live as people of the light. Jesus was the light of the world. That's what he told these people. If you walk in the light as I am in the light, you will be children of the light. But if you don't, you'll be children of darkness. Finally, verses 44 through 50, we didn't get a chance to read those. Jesus rebuked the faithless, but rewarded the faithful. And that's where I want us to dwell today. Jesus Christ has told us, either you're with me, are you not? There is no in-between. There is no halfway. Either you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you read his text, and you actually do what he says to do, or you reject him. Halfway is no way. Understand? Halfway is no way. Either receive Jesus Christ fully or reject him fully. You can't have a little bit of Jesus, a little bit of tradition, because that's what these people wanted. They wanted their oral traditions. They wanted to keep the stuff that was good and fun, but they wanted to actually... Be around Jesus as well. And Jesus told him in John 14, 6, we'll see that in a couple weeks, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. There is no other way except the way of Christ. And so I want to challenge you today. Listen, Jesus rebuked them when he said, hey, and the Bible rebukes a strong word. Did you know that? What does the Bible say about itself? All scripture is given by inspiration of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and in verse 17, and it says, so that it actually can rebuke us. The Word of God rebukes us when there's no one around. When you're reading it quietly, the Holy Spirit and the Holy Word rebukes us. And it tells us this is how to get back on the straight way. Let me challenge you today. Listen, as God magnifies us, he takes that, if you will, that magnifying glass to look at your soul today. What is he seeing? Is he seeing you walk as children of the light? Or is he seeing you walking in darkness? There is no in-between. You say, well, everybody can backslide. Everybody loves that. Hey, I just want to renew my, my walk with Christ. It, it is just a straight walk. It's not a renewal. It's God calls you back to himself, and he says, listen, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
But if you go week after week after week after week after week after month after month after month, year after year after year, and say, hey, me and God are good, but you're not doing anything that he commands in his word, I'm going to tell you as your friend, you and God, where I'm from, ain't good, right? Are not good. You ain't good with God, and he ain't good with you. And I told you last week, my wife said I was a little strong, but it's true. Everybody wants me to say at your funeral, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Well, if you just want me to say it, I guess that's good for you. I want to hear Christ say it to me. And he will not call you good if you haven't been good. And he will not call you faithful if you have not been faithful. There is no possible way for him to deny his nature. You must do what he's commanded you to do. You say, well, I don't know all the commands. Well, I would encourage you to start reading the Bible. Amen? And then I want not just reading the Bible, but actually doing the Bible. And that's what God calls us to do. So my challenge to you today is, listen, as we talk about the ministries of Town Creek Baptist Church, as we talk about the ministries of the school and the, the preschool, listen, none of that matters if we leave Jesus behind. That's why we say, listen, we're, we want to encourage you to seek, serve, and share Jesus Christ, the school. Seek, serve, and share the truth. And by the way, he is the truth. That's the, that's the capital T that we serve. I want to pray for you today. But brothers and sisters, listen, friends, he's got the spotlight on your heart. And his words, just like those people who heard him said, listen, we would see Jesus. Let us just have a peek at Jesus at Christmas. Let's just have a peek at Jesus at Easter and other special occasions. But that's enough for me. I don't want to overdo it. Well, you're not overdoing it. You're underdoing it by a long shot. If he, called, if he calls you by name and you cannot come to him unless he calls you, just beware of this today. You will not make a decision tomorrow or the next day to follow Jesus. You will come when he calls you. He says, God draws all men to himself, and when he draws you, listen, you have to respond. Today might be the day he's drawing you. We give an invitation at the end of every service, but I ask you to do business with God as he looks at your soul. Is your soul one that's on fire for God? Is the light bright in, he, in you? When someone says your name, they could easily say Jesus' name and see. Not that you're perfect. We all sin, fall short of God's glory, right? But would they relate your name to Jesus' name? Or would they re relate your character more to Satan's name? You're either walking in the light today or you're walking in darkness. Let's pray. Father God, I, I do pray as we have an opportunity, Lord, to, to just uh, to think about the things that you've said in your word to these people that... Uh, they argued with you about oral tradition, and we do the same thing. Whose religion's right? Which denomination's right? And Father, your word has never been divided by denomination. Your word is your word. It was given by you, holy God. Father, may we be people who would examine ourselves and look and say, am I in the faith, really and truly in the faith? Do I know Jesus Christ or do I know about him? Father, we are thankful for the many ministries you've given us, but Lord, we can do ministry sometimes in and of our own strength. We can just do a good job. Father, you're not looking for a good job. You're looking for a God job that would actually do it in the name of Jesus. And as we go forth, you promise never to leave us nor forsake us. We need you. We love you today. And Father, there's so many people that may be watching my social media, so even 10 years from now, the Father hears this and receives you as their Lord and Savior. I pray for all my friends in the room, all the children, all the teenagers, all the adults and senior adults, Lord, that they would know that they know that they know that they belong in the faith and their knowledge will replace their fear. Give them purpose to go and share. Give them purpose to love. 
give them purpose to put others first. Oh, Father, how we need you and how we need your guidance today. We need your wisdom today to be the people of you, God, you've called us to be. Let us do business with you and you alone, I pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.